Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiacos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiacos, I say, you're a pretty good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Malachi! <laughs> Sagapu Parapoli Perials, Imegavos Panda Olimas. What's up, guys? Gate Seven International back again. Sunday edition. Love the Sundays on the eve of a two nothing win. Halloween is tomorrow, also. So, a lot of fun stuff to get excited for. And a big game next weekend following up against Panathinaikos. But we're going to focus on what happened today. Boys, four of us in here today. I I can't remember the last time all four of us were on a show together. So how's everyone feeling? Gostasi, how are you doing, buddy? Good, man. Can't complain. Back to winning ways in Greece. We'll get into it. Gostake, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and I would like to take this moment to wish you, Ari, the happiest of birthdays. Uh, I'm wishing you many, many happy returns. I'm wishing you the best to you and your wonderful family. Uh, You've done uh, the podcast uh, very proud. Uh, You've helped us a lot with your amazing work, taking time out of your career and uh, raising a wonderful child. And I'm calling on all of our wonderful fans to take this moment and share your loveliest and most positive uh, happy birthdays to our good friend, Ari. Ari, I happy birthday, it. buddy. Thank you. I will say, answering this question, I will say happy birthday, Ari. But the description of Ari's son, I don't know. He was a bit mean when we were in the pool. He was He's a nice kid, but he was being very mean. He wouldn't eat his peanut butter snack. He like wouldn't swim. You know, he's a picky baby, you know? <laughs> Do you remember when I think I need to be around too? him more. I think that's the problem. He, I need to emit my excellence onto the baby. So then he'll eat his peanut butter snacks and swim like a champion. But anyway, guys. Labro, Labro you're here to rant about Olympiacos. <laughs> anyway, I'll answer the question. How am I doing? I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing all right. I, uh, I cut myself while shaving this morning. That sucked. Um... Washed the car, vacuumed the car. Um, it's a rainy day today. It's not great. But you know what? Olympiacos won. El Arabi ran a bit. He's looking good. Marcelo ran a bit. Life's good, guys. Life's good, you know. I'm on the podcast drinking my red wine. Life is good. That it is. Life is really good. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody, in the comments. I really appreciate it. 33, 33 going on 60. That's how I feel at least I'm getting older. The bones are, are aching more and more, but let's, let's get to it. Let's get to everything. But first and foremost, if you haven't done so already, guys, don't forget to like, and subscribe, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We're also broadcasting today on Twitch. So if anybody hops in on Twitch, thank you guys for joining us, uh, expanding the podcast or as many networks as we can help us continue to grow the red and white community. For those of you that may be looking to ship, whether you're shipping from the United States, from the UK, from Australia, anywhere in Europe, you're trying to move to Greece or anywhere else, give our friends a call at Piraeus International. They can handle all of your trans shipping needs internationally. 
whatever it needs to be, wherever it's got to go, give them a call. www.pereasintl.com is the website. 410-675-4696 is the phone number. And lastly, BetUS. Guys, Costa and I got – we won money again. We got our bets right again. Lombro still hasn't gotten – Here we uh, go. I fucking knew it. I knew it was coming. <laughs> I fucking knew it. After I got One blasted day. on Twitter. <laughs> bullshit. I'm going to spend more time on these bets. So if you want to bet along with us, use our promo code GATE7INTL at betus.com.pa. Share your bets with us. We also – we give you guys a lot of insights that we – are going to, to continue to help you guys make better bets. With the World Cup coming up, we have some fun segments planned as well uh, where we can help you make bets and hopefully make you guys a little bit of money. Again, the promo code is GATE7INTL, and you can use it at betus.com.pa. We also put posts on socials with a link that will take you directly to the page you have to go to, and you can enter the information there. You can turn your deposit. If it's 100 bucks, it'll turn into 225 because they match your deposit 125%. So take advantage of the extra money and check it out at betus.com.pa. Well, let's get into and play it. Play responsibly. Uh, yes, play responsibly always. always. Unless you just bet against the opposite of what I do. You'll be like a millionaire in three weeks or something. Just like <laughs> Labro puts over three and a half goals. You're like, oh, shit, there's going to be less than three and a half goals for sure. Like that's your easiest way to make money. Just see what I say. Do the opposite. People are happy you're back, Labro. Manos is. Oh, it's uh, good to see you guys. It's been a while. It's been a chaotic, chaotic time. So it's good to be back. Should we talk football? Let's, let's do. It. Mm-hmm. Let's talk some football now, boys. Two nothing victory. The game, by all accounts, it was very comfortable. Uh, I thought the score could have been higher. There were definitely some opportunities for for more goals to be scored. But how did you guys like the setup today? Uh, we had a tough, tough, tough draw on Thursday, which saw us get kicked out of Europe. Was this the rebound we needed going into Leo Foros? Lambro, you can start this time. No, I just I want to start saying thank you for everyone for being here. I, I realized the 50 Cent Aguirre's concert is tonight in Athens, and you guys chose to be here instead of at the concert. I wouldn't have missed it. Personally, if I was in the city, I would be there. But... Let me start by saying, um, last week I may have tweeted some very um, explosive things on the Twitter podcast account after the the tenth ninetieth minute goal we've conceded. I was a bit upset, um, but I think I haven't been on the pod in a long time. I'll say slowly but surely, I'm starting to see some progress in the team, some quality come out. Most importantly, fitness to come about in the team. I think the team all together is playing much better. Um, I think the team is getting some stability um, in many parts of it. I think what we're seeing, personally, I'm enjoying to see Pascal Lekis in goal. I never thought the day would come. He's offering stability. Who would have thought? Is that like, who? it's like the opposite. It's like the opposite. When you think Pascal Lekis, you think stability, you know, like he always did the crazy shit, whatever. But Doi also is looking really good in, in defense. Like the assist on the goal today was incredible, like incredible. Just pinged it with his right foot. Akambu got behind the defender. Um, we just need to figure out another partner with him. Who would have thought Andreas Doi 
going into this season would be the consistent central defender for Olympiacos. Um, at the right, I think Avia is slowly starting to build up form as well. I still don't think he's that good, but like at this point, we just need consistency. On the other side, at the left, I think the left side of Olympiacos is in shambles, to be honest. Like I'd, I've seen no progress on the left side of the team. Um, Oleg Rebchuk is so fucking shit. Like, I don't know how to explain it anymore. Like, I, I, I've run out of words to explain the guy. Like, I, it, it destroys logic that he still plays for Olympiacos. Like, it's <laughs> Costa's getting excited. No, it's not going to be a rant, but it's like Andreas Doi is like 19 years old, and this shouldn't be our expectations of every youth player, but just like walks into the team and does better. And it's like, Surely Doran Leitner, or even some kid from the academy, even Rusai. We didn't have a show on Thursday night because we were all quite busy, but Rusai played like better at left back than Oleg has all season. Um, Kutris, I think, statistically like outperformed Oleg in that one appearance with Pasi Anina or Yigionikos or something than Oleg has all season. And it's just like there's no logic behind Oleg still playing for the club at the moment. But I don't want to focus in on that. Moving further up the pitch, I think Samaseku is very good. Very good. I think he's going to win a spot on the team very quickly. Inbom Huang is fantastic. I don't need to say anything else. Like, for me, he was close to man of the match today. I know whoever did the match ratings, I think Costa, he was, like, close, tied to tied with James Rodriguez. He was fantastic for me. Um, and then, yeah, moving up onto the pitch, you see... I think Biel and James are starting to figure out a relationship and Bakambu is being solid and El Arabi is in form. We're really just looking for one more piece at winger and some more depth at winger, to be honest with you. And that's my analysis of the team since it's been a while since I've been on the pod. I'm kind of trying to put it all into one commentary here. But slowly but surely, I'm starting to see consistency and the class and the talent within the team is starting to come out. And I know today wasn't 4-0 win, but there were moments where you were like watching today and you're like, this is really good football. Like I haven't seen this in months to years. So there were, there was a chance there at the end of the game where Marcelo pinged the ball from the left to the right. And then it went down to Valbuena and it was interlinking play with BL, I think. And he Valbuena ended up putting in a cross and it didn't turn into anything. But I just remember that from the game and being like, what? I haven't seen this in so long, you know, so slowly but surely things are changing and maybe going out of Europe is the best thing to happen to Olympiacos all season. So but anyway, that's my opinion. That's an interesting point. Costa K, what were your thoughts on the game today? Hello, guys, again. Uh, so basically, to take let's take this uh, from the beginning. Olympiacos, Olympiacos manager Mitzel opted for a 4-2-3-1 formation with Paschalakis in goal, Avila at right back and Reabchuk on the other side. Uh, Andreas Doi and Useinuba at centre-back. Inbom Huang and Yadier Samaseku making his first start for Olympiacos in midfield. Pepiel on the right, Yorgos Masuras on the other side. James Rodriguez at number 10 with uh, Cedric Bakambu uh, spearheading the attack. Uh, obviously, uh, there was the injury of uh, Ba on the 11th minute after his red card against uh, Freiburg. Uh, a quick little little parenthesis here. I've never said this before, but I'll say it about Ba. Uh, I've never said this about another player. I think Ba's contract needs to be terminated. I think that it's the guy has become a mean player. Uh, he's become a real liability at Olympiacos. The whole red card thing was funny at start, but now it's just a meme. I think uh, I think his time has come to an end at Olympiacos, and I doubt 
uh, Olympiakos can even find a team willing to buy him, my opinion. But anyway, uh, Olympiakos made quick work of Lamia. They didn't really, they didn't struggle today. It was an easy victory. Felt like one of those old, good, good old days at the Karaiskaike. They could have scored more goals. Opened the scoring on the 22nd minute with the craziest header I can personally remember, especially when it comes to Olympiakos. Uh, Inbom Huang delivering uh, a rather interesting cross down the right. James Rodriguez beating um, Saranov with the craziest header I have ever seen in my entire life. And uh, Cedric Bakambu basically ending um, the game for Olympiakos, sealing the three points just uh, uh, six minutes later. Incredible cross by Andreas Doi from uh, from his own uh, from defense. Uh, to be fair, though, Adejo's defending was Adejo's marking was appalling, uh, and Bakambu beat Adejo for the ball, and he basically sealed the three points. Other than that, some very big chances missed by Elara, Youssef El Arabi. Uh, Pep Biel had a, had a had a couple of good chances himself. Uh, a bit of a, a, a bit of a worry with Mathieu Valbuena, who was favoring his groin on the 80th minute. Uh, so, yeah, a very positive performance. Uh, Olympiacos needed that. They needed that comfortable win for many, many reasons, including morale and confidence. But to answer your question, Ari, I mean, to be honest, I feel like those kind of wins against the Ionicos, the Panetolicos, the the Lamias of this, um, of this, uh, of this Super League uh, season, they feel like quick fixes because Olympiacos haven't won a single big match this season. They haven't won a big match situation all the european qualifiers they failed to win within 90 minutes or the or extra time they lost both of their derbies if you count aris as a derby game uh they didn't win any single game in the europa league group stages and that i mean ari you've played in uh, semi-pro and costa definitely played in semi-pro and i would like your um opinion on that when you and when your analysis comes big match wins are very important for a team's morale and confidence. And the more they struggle to pick up those kind of wins, doesn't matter how, how many times they beat the Minos, if they don't beat the big teams, the, the big game, if they don't win the big games, that can really have a really negative effect on, um, on a team's morale and confidence, which is why it is extremely important for Olympiacos to beat Panathinaikos uh, next weekend, in my opinion. Kostasi, do you want to address that? I think you're muted, buddy. Every time. Sorry, that, that never <laughs> gets old. The season's been like a pendulum. It's just been like this, back and forth. There are moments where we've we've thought, okay, there are reasons to be happy, and then you know, straight back down to earth again. And when you're in a dressing room with with so many players, and not everyone's clear on their role. They're still figuring it out. Two coaches, third coach. I mean, when you don't get the results that you need, then you know it's it's not a it's not the happiest of places. Um, camaraderie is important. It really does count going into going into the big games, and you can be sure that Panathinaikos next week are going to be up for it. It's a it's a built team from last year with a few pieces added on top. Um, anyhow, you know, I think we've we've talked about this this before. So, you know, the short answer to that question is, yeah, it's it's very important. Uh, looking, looking at the game today, comfortable victory, as we've said. 
I think it's one of those games, of course, where you expect you expect uh, more more than two nil. Would have liked to get a third, get a fourth. We had the chances to do that, but we didn't convert. the The simple truth here is that there's simply too much quality in our team for this type of game. That you just you have to be you have to be beating the Lamias of this league three four nil. Tarifa, as uh, as we say in Greek. Honestly, uh, just to touch on Labro's point as well, the left side was was horrific, uh, passing straight to the opponent. Both Oleg and and Masuras today, literally, I, I remember instances both of them just had the ball, tried to play it forward, and passed it straight to an opponent. Um, it's. I can't. It's it's hard for me to put into words just how I describe our left our left side right now when those two are playing. It's something that that worries me going into a game like next week. But you saw the difference immediately when when we played with three tens behind the striker, and I think this is really a discussion that that needs to be had because we don't have any wingers or we have wingers and we don't want to play them because they're low knees and they're not going to be here for the long run. And the coach wants to settle on his, his squad of players that are going to be here that are fully dedicated and their minds are hundred percent on Olympiagos and where they are right now and not Nottingham Forest next season or not how I can get back into Marseille's team or whatever. So uh, I would like to see, I would like to see Valbuena Rodriguez, um, and Biel playing behind the striker as something that we that we see more in the Greek league. Um, yeah, I mean that's we're going to get into more more details on on specific players, but that's my that's my main point I think for for Greece and and maybe last point touching on the last thing that Labro said about about Europe. I think it's been a blessing and a curse looking back, uh, because if we didn't if we didn't qualify for Europa League, we wouldn't have been able to attract players like Pep Biel, like James Rodriguez, like uh, like Marcelo. They wouldn't. They probably would not have come if we hadn't gone through what we went through the way we went through it. Too. Let's not forget we've qualified for the Europa League, uh, going through two games that went to penalty shootouts. So that 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 should have already given us. You know, it was a signal to us that this is how it's going to be. Anyone that thought this group was going to be breeze, nah. I mean, look, look where we're at. So it was a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because we got those players that we did. It's a curse because we had too many players. And some of those players like Bakambu, like James Rodriguez, they couldn't play in Europe. Uh, and we ended up playing different starting 11 in Europe, different starting 11 in Greece. It hasn't helped us to uh, gel as a team, the players to learn uh, each other, to, to make connections, something we talked about in in the last episode. So, so yeah, that's my long and short analysis of, of where we are now. To, uh, to touch on uh, Costa K's question first, uh, for me at least, uh, I, I I do get what you're saying that you have to have the result in the, in these big games. That's a hundred percent true. But I know the I know at least the experiences that I had 
when we were competing in whether it was regionals or even at some of the larger the tournaments the showcases if we didn't if yeah maybe you don't get as big of a morale boost from beating a team you know you should be beating but i can tell you if you don't beat them the morale dip or the morale loss is worse because then it's all right sometimes if you're playing a really good team or a team like a rival and you lose okay it's our rival these are tough games it hits differently but you lose to a team like La Mia or draw to a team like La Mia, it, it's worse because, my God, what are we doing? We can't even beat them. Then it starts creating all sorts of self-doubt. And that's that's what worries me more uh, in, in that in that context than, than those larger games. But you're 100% right. But, you know, there is value to, to winning these games, not just because you have to, but because you don't want the wrong side of the, the mentality issue to creep in. You win, you make it comfortable because then everything starts looking forward. That that's the important part. You don't want to. De- it's more. It's not that you're looking at the positives of what you get from this, but you're looking at avoiding the negatives. If that makes any sense. Now, as far as the game went today, um, I'm, I'm in. I'm in agreement overall with kind of what everyone has brought up. We've brought up so many times the left side of the field. Um, we also threw up. Uh, the the part that Costa and I did on the show last week, where we were discussing why you know there's no reason for Oleg not or for Doran Ledner not to be playing, and I still make that I still attest the same thing today after what we saw with Oleg, and there were people that got that get upset with the player ratings if when we give Oleg the the player ratings he get, which today it wasn't even bad. Like he was Costa, you gave him a six, which is it's not bad. It's like. For, well, for me, it's a starting point. I know your starting point, I think, is 6.5. But still, he's had worse ratings. And yes, we understand. Trust me, we track how much he plays as much as as much as much everybody else does. This is game number 95 now, I believe, right? It was 93 on the last Sunday, 94. Um, uh, nine, or, well, I guess he didn't start. But still, he made an appearance because he got subbed in. So 95 games now he's played for Olympiacos in less than two years. We track that and we understand it, but you need performances. So it's not just his fault, obviously, because the coach and the team continues to use him over and over again. But I I will say what I said again. And you know what? Just for shits and giggles, I'll even show you the same thing I showed you again. There's two charts we showed that make all of this, that explain everything. Here's the first one. The left side is where our attacks come from. We receive the most t- attacks or the most dangerous attacks and the most volume of dangerous attacks against us on the left side. And then look at our attacks. Where's the weak link? The left side. Our left side ha- offers us the least amount in attack. And don't forget, a third of those attacks came in Kutris's one game in Pasyanina. That should tell all of you something. So I, I understand that some of you think that we can be a little bit harsh on Oleg. And I get that because the guy plays a lot. I'm going to say it one more time. You can be bionic and still not be good enough. You can be bionic and not perform, not be performing to where we need. It's okay. There's no mutual exclusivity here. And it's no, I'm not, it's not to throw shade on Oleg. He could be getting overused. That's fine. But then why aren't you playing Doran Ledner? The left side's already the worst side. Oh, he doesn't play defense. Bullshit. I don't buy that argument. Our left side's already weak defensively. We, he, it's time he plays. I've been a proponent of this all season. So, 
the, the, it is what it is on that respect. And, and you saw it again today. Our left side was so weak. And he's not the only culprit. Masudas was a culprit. Masudas was a culprit in Europe too. Uh, he's another one. The guy hustles all day. He makes great runs getting in behind the defenders. Stuff that we talk about all the time. But guess what? When you miss all your final balls or the the when Bakambu, that, that series of play that came from the right side and it was played to Masuras, Bakambu was away at goal if Masuras makes the pass. Whiffed it entirely. Then he gets the ball to the byline. Pepiel played him. He runs to the byline. Then Pepiel sitting at the penalty area, waiting for the ball to be played back to him. And what does Masuras do? He just crosses it and overhits it again. This is the stuff on the left side. These are the problems. It's you have to you have to fix that and play other people there. The Masuras thing, okay, we don't have a lot of productive wingers. All right, maybe that's a harder problem. But the Oleg issue, the left back issue, Doran Ledner, and I see somebody bringing up the passport. The passport doesn't prevent him from playing in Greece. That was a prevention in Europe only. Now we we know that the previous coach didn't rate him. That seemed pretty clear to me. Maybe Michelle doesn't rate him now either. I don't. I don't believe it's an excuse. Yeah. He needs to play. Okay. Yeah, but the whole the whole passport thing's bullshit. Yeah. Like that. That was just to. to sorry. Sorry. To, it was filling the papers for a few weeks. Like, oh, you know, maybe he can't play because of the passport. No, that's bullshit. Uh, he could play. He could play as a foreigner. It's a choice. Yeah, it's it was a choice. choice. And we did a segment on Doran Ledner, and you can find it on our channel. Uh, subscribe guys if you're new to the channel subscribe to the channel you won't miss future episodes hit the like button it helps us with the algorithm and yeah after we're finished here go back and check out that segment on Doran Ledner um Ari and I talked about that for for 10 minutes most of I mean yeah you can go back and listen to that again can I uh I, I want to touch about something you talked about earlier the part about the little teams and beating them Carlos Colberan didn't go down because he lost embarrassingly with Nantes away. He lost because he failed to beat Asteras Tripoli and because he failed to beat Volos at home. And then he lost away at Aris. But the wins versus the small teams are so important because they also build chemistry. And it's something that... Um, when you hear former players of Olympiacos talk, and also with something with now that I've had the chance to speak with some some players of Olympiacos past present, it's something they talk about against some of these smaller teams in Greece. You can build more chemistry, build more confidence with your with yourself because maybe you have a step or two more to do something tricky or play interplay or do something with a teammate. It's these sort of games where you can sort of build up confidence, try something you wouldn't try, you know? So when it's a big game and a derby and you can't hear yourself think, you do something. And Labros. I completely dropped my mic. Now you're back. <laughs> you got overexcited. I got very excited, but I don't know. Me, what am I doing here tonight? Uh, that okay. wasn't even a rant. That wasn't even a rant. He was just talking. I don't know if the pot. Oh god. Okay, the audio's back. Anyway, I've been drinking too much. Of I I haven't. <laughs> anyway, my, my main point is really like you build up confidence in these games, and for a lot of players, it's more about building up kind of like Daniel Podenza. I remember doing this when he first started at Olympiacos. He would really 
use those small team games to build up confidence. He would really just like try little tricks. He would try one twos, try interplay, blah, blah, blah. And that's how things go. Um, overall, going into into the game with um, with Panathinaikos next week, I just want to say a lot of people on Twitter and when I text you guys, like everything's all shit. Like everything sucks. We suck. Blah, blah, blah. We suck. Blah, blah, blah. The trend is positive. Um, the trend in Germany was positive now that I've had time to think about it. Um, going there and playing Freiburg, who I think is like third or fourth place in Germany, and basically outplaying them in Germany in that first half and thinking like, oh, fuck, we should have beat beating them two or even three nil. Um, that's big for a team that could barely beat like fucking Apollo, Nalima, Sul, and Slovan, Bratislava, and Nantes a month ago. You know, we're building something here. The game with Pauk was a step back. But when you look at the data, you rewatch the game and you think about it a bit more. Okay, we didn't finish our chances, but Olympiakos was so much better. And now with the playoff, you play like 50 derbies. Like there's going to be a chance to win back these points. We just need to look at the overall trend. Yes, some shit is still really bad. Versailles sucks big time. Masuras is tragic. Oleg is a loser. But like overall, the rest of it, when those losers came off on the left side, Mathieu and fucking Marcelo came on, we saw fucking ball. Like we saw something, I swear to God, I have not seen in two years. I was sitting there like at 7.30 in the morning because I'm out here in the West Coast in the United States, like stunned. I like couldn't believe what the fuck I was watching. Even Marcelo, I didn't know he could run. Like I'm, I, this is very mean. Like I didn't know he could run. He could run. He ran tonight. Good for him. But more importantly, was the fucking spreading of the ball. He put that ball onto his left foot and swung it across the field. And when you do that, you keep players a bit more honest, like Adi, Costa, like whatever. You guys can talk about this more. But like people start to creep. You know, Oleg Rayabchuk cannot switch the fucking ball. Like technically, he's limited. When you have a player who like literally in two seconds can just like pop it on his left foot and switch the ball into the right, like you think. That that makes it harder to play as defenders. I don't know. Anyway. Stop. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. That switch from the left hand side, the diagonal ball across the field to the right. To, who was it? Yeah. To, to BL's foot or to Avila, yeah. whoever was overlapping. Like the 35, 40 yard cross field ball. Was yeah. Like, oh, don't yeah, even yeah. start comparing Oleg. No, but Oleg what I mean is like when, when you play that against defenders and you sit back, like it makes such a huge difference to when oh, you yeah. have players who can do that. Or even when you're on the yeah. side, like you're on Marcelo and Valbuena's side on that left and you have two players who you know can just... But boom, that's pure class. But that's pure, pure class. class. And you can do that in Greece. That's what I was saying before. You can put, put those players in, in the Greek league against those kinds of teams all day long. Can they play in a high-intensity game, though, against the bigger opponents? Would he dare, like, would the coach dare to put Marcelo in a, in a game? Like, Leo Foros next week. Does he start him? No, he's going to start Oleg. Oleg. And, and people are still going off at the whole uh, Doran Ledner thing. But I think the Marcelo, I think the Marcelo piece is something we're underestimating here because we bought him to play left-back. We bought him to play left-back. He finally played left back today. Um, he, he exceeded he exceeded my expectation because I, I'm I'm with Lavro in the sense that I don't think 
he's anywhere near fit. But when I saw him in the first five minutes dive for that ball, that tackle that he made, it's like, what? Is that that for me? It said a lot about his his hunger, his desire. Like if he's there and he doesn't care, you know, he's there to just play a year and go and play MLS. There's already some rumors about him going to going to play in the states. Like, I, I, we saw we saw things from Marcelo today um, that fans enjoy. That's why fans go to the stadium. Like uh, see a tackle like that, crossfield ball, like just the touches. Everything was pure class. So you only, you just hope it gets it keeps improving and that his his fitness uh, improves with the, uh, over time. That's uh, that's the best that we can hope for. I'm not nice giving up on Marcelo. I'm not giving up on Marcelo, guys. I know it's been a tough one. It's been a tough start. He didn't play much for Real last season. He came in very late, so he obviously needed time uh, to to adapt. I'm not giving up on Marcelo, and I, I mean it's important that Olympiacos don't as well because they're paying a lot of money for him, and uh, they they made a whole show out of him. I, there has ne- I can there has never ever been a player that joined Olympiacos and the Kare- and uh, and Olympiacos put together a show at the Kareskaiki just for this one player. I, I'm not giving never. up. The, the guy's also, career speaks for itself. Yeah. His career, his his talent speaks for itself. And I also like the way he looked on the bench and on the pitch. He had this vibe about him. He was happy. He was having a good time on the bench after Hamas's uh, opener. He was basically dancing to the Olympiacos. Uh, to the Olympiacos uh, song, when he came in, he missed the chance and he was talking to Hamas. He was saying, yeah. like, you know, bring it to the chest, man. Next time we'll do it. Like, it's good. It shows a bit of leadership as well. It's like, no, calm down. We'll get this. We'll get it next time. I'm not giving up on the guy. I'm definitely not giving up on him. Not, not, none of us gave up. I personally no, yeah. never, never oh, yeah, gave up. Yeah. Nobody gave up, but none of us did. Uh, a lot of fans did, none of us. And that's why I'm bringing this up. But also, I want to say real quick, like someone in the comments said, playing Marcelo against Panathinaikos wingers. For fuck's sake, the guy was playing against like Neymar and Messi. And you're going to be like, oh, fucking Bernard. Like, what a shit show. Like, this guy, can he do it against fucking Bernard? Sorry, I shouldn't swear. Bernard, like, I know he's not fit, but it's also a bit of... <laughs> like let, let's be real here um defensively it was not always his thing his best thing but it's a fitness oh, thing though yeah it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fitness, fitness thing, thing. It's, if he were fit exactly. you could do it but he's not fit so you can't do that but the question of like who can he do it against Panathinaikos wingers like he was doing it in the champions league against some of the biggest stars in the world two three years ago you would hope he's can still do that you know that's why they brought him here but like you can't be like we need oleg in in leoforos like he knows how to defend oleg doesn't even oh god like i don't get me started but you know what i mean let's let's do let's do a poll let's do a poll right now labro do you start him next week uh see after what i saw I'm, i'm debating it i'm actually debating it and I think Oleg is such a negative. Yes, almost. I'm there. I'm almost there because Oleg Rebchuk is almost like playing with 10 men. He's that bad at this point. I don't know what has happened to him. He was never my favorite player. But like now it's just horrific having Marcelo there, the calmness. You know, this guy's played in the new Comp in huge derbies. Like, 
I don't know, just having this player there, you know, a star and maybe, maybe I, I, I saw something out of him, but again, it was only 25 minutes. Um, I would have started him tonight. I would have started him today just to see, but so maybe, I don't know. Ari? Uh, so I, I would still, for Panathinaikos, I'm sticking, I'm, I am sticking with Oleg only because the, I don't know if you guys watched that game against Volos. And it's not that it's not that Panathinaikos is like a high-flying offensive team, but they're very efficient with the chances they get. I mean, these guys, they are they the, their team has been outperforming they're outperforming if you take XG whatever. They're outperforming everything. But what they do get a lot, and this is maybe an explanation of what where their success is coming from, they are uh, and I I haven't gone through all the teams to confirm this, but so far all the teams I've gone through Panathinaikos has the largest ratio of shots inside the penalty area of any other team in Greece, including Olympiakos. So Olympiakos, we, as you guys have seen, we're, we're not performing to our XG. We're not, we're not finishing enough where we should be. That's something we've been talking about all season. But even with that in mind, Panathinaikos gets more opportunities inside the penalty area. And that's huge. They're very efficient creating opportunities, even if they're not, winning or possessing the ball 60% of the time, even against Volos. Volos was possessing. It was very close. Uh, I don't think it was 50-50, but it was like 55-45. So it wasn't much different. But what Panathinaikos does, which Volos didn't do, and what we don't do is they get a lot of opportunities in the penalty area. And unfortunately, you know, if we had, uh, we we didn't give somebody else a chance in one of these games uh, today or in the game against La Mi, uh, Panathinaikos. So, we don't have the luxury of trying that. We know Marcelo can't last more than more than or for 90 minutes total. And I think to start in a balanced way, I think we have to start with Oleg. Even though we've seen already the left side we is not to. the best defensively. Those wingers for Panathinaikos, again, I'm not going to say they're amazing because they're not, but they're effective. Their team is effective. They are their their whole is greater than the sum of their parts. Just like we said with Garabag when we had Patrick Kasky on here. So it's the I'm sticking with Oleg just because we have to, uh, especially away. It's a more conservative approach, but we don't have another choice because we didn't give anybody else a chance yeah. to see if there's momentum to build off of. Adi, I think that's a good point. We're forced to not because, let's say, we're we're into it, but because Michel didn't give anyone else a chance to prove going into the derby that they could do it. So now you're at a point where you can't throw, let's, Dorian Leidner's never going to play, but like, you can't throw him in the deep end. Maybe you can play Versailles. I don't see it. Like he he started in Germany with Versailles. Maybe he goes and does that. I don't know. But one thing I'm thinking about as we talk about this is this is this the biggest derby with Panathinaikos in how long? Like when was the last time we had such a big derby where so much was on the line? Like I Probably literally cannot remember. Probably 2011. Guys, Olympiacos cannot lose to Panathinaikos. I mean, if anything, Olympiacos have to beat Panathinaikos. I cannot remember at this juncture any team ever being able to recover from a 13-point or 10-point deficit and become champions. Obviously, the playoffs are a big X factor because there's at least two more derbies with each of your rivals. But... But Olympiacos cannot afford to lose this one. 13 points, that's going to be 
That's going to be huge, guys. I don't. I yeah. can't see this Olympiacos having a near perfect record until the end of the season against this near perfect Panathinaikos side. They have to win. So to answer this question, I agree with Aris. Like, the management has been really poor of the of the left in the left at the left back situation. There's four left backs. Only one of them has been playing still. The other three haven't even got a sniff. Um, Kutris, I don't even know what he's doing there anymore. Marcelo arrived late and ended up, uh, you know, I just said what I think about Marcelo. Leitner, the whole passport situation is absolute nonsense, and there's a great mystery surrounding that. So you start the Reabchuk, in my opinion, but there need we need to have a vision of bringing in Marcelo as an impact sub, like, like Mathieu Valbuena comes in as an impact sub. In this, at the second half at some point. But regardless, guys, Olympiacos need to be very careful with Panathinaikos. They can't lose this game. If they lose this game, in my opinion, it's lights out for the for the league. From then on, second place. And Olympiacos need it for morale. They need it for confidence ahead of the World Cup break. They need to approach the World Cup break with something huge from the... Um, from the first half of the season. Like, we beat Panathinaikos, we got this one big win, we can do this, guys. Olympiacos need to win this. There's no other way around it. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you there. Uh, and there's a, there was a, there's a couple questions in the chat um, that I think we should address. Here's one here. Um, uh, Manu Shutsenas, guys, I saw you posted about Ledner before the game. Did you have any info if whether he would get some time or no? What to expect from this story? So... This, and then I saw a comment further up. Um, there was a comment that somebody had made saying that maybe maybe Ledner was lazy in training. That's why Michel doesn't rate him. Uh, other people brought up that Verveles has talked about how Michel doesn't rate Ledner. So um, I can let you guys know that we, we had an inkling he probably wasn't going to play today. Um, disappointing, but we had an inkling that that was probably not going to happen. But I can tell you that um, he's not lazy. This kid trains really hard. Uh, from everything that we've heard, it's, it, he's a talented player. Uh, we've heard very positive things about what he does in training. So we can tell you that he's not lazy. This isn't a case that we've heard about, like, uh, um, what, what was it? Was it Chumich? Kenny Lala. That, yeah, Kenny Lala, or I think Chumich, they talked about him kicking stones at training with Pedro Martins. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, that's that's don't believe if anybody's telling you that don't believe it. Um, everything we've heard, it's it's all, nothing but positive about this kid, which is what makes this whole thing even more difficult. And y- you know what? Maybe it, it, there could be a couple of things at play there. We brought it up. You know, you have Marcelo, who the, the club is invested in um, for m- multiple reasons, not just marketing and things like that. Um, that's a uh, that could be something that he's thinking about and he doesn't want to have three, you know, three left backs on the roster. I mean, but at this point, every time we see the team sheet, we only have like four defenders that go on the team sheet. It's like 12 midfielders and then, and then a few forwards. So I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal personally, but uh, yeah, that's this, that's the situation uh, regarding, regarding Doran Ledner. We, we all hope that we get to see him sooner rather than later. He is young. He's a, he is a young kid, guys. Don't forget. So I hope I hope that he sticks through it because I believe he'll be something um, valuable for Libyakos moving forward and he'll be a valuable asset for the club. Uh, there's talent there, and 
I we'll we'll see. I once we see it and once everybody sees it on the pitch, I believe then we'll start to say, see, hey, this kid needs to play more and it'll get better from there. Isn't it amazing how I mean this this kid's never played before and there's so much love for Doran Ledner, but again, this is a player that we paid two million for plus add-ons. He's got a four-year contract. And something that does spring to my mind in all this story is you, know, you think of Costas Timikas. How long how long did Timikas have to wait for his chance? A while. A while, yeah. More more than a season. Um, hopefully not gonna be like that with, with Ledner, but um we saw what happened with Timigas. Timigas got his opportunity when Kutris got injured and never looked back. And then don't forget, he actually had lost his spot the the previous season to Gutierrez for the second half of the season yeah. in most games in that yeah, Pedro that first Pedro Martin season, he did, and yeah. he lost it. Then came back and won it back. Yeah, you guys so, like, are wrong though. Doran Leidner is not Greek, and Doran Leidner is not from the academy of Olympiakos. Doran Leidner came to Olympiakos to play. That's true. Doran Leidner had chances from other teams abroad, like. He's not here to wait and see, you know what I mean? Like he wanted he signed the four-year contract, lab, bro. He, he did, and, but... no, and, and Olympiakos isn't going to sell him. They bought him for two million. Two million. His, his value is probably much, dropping. His yeah. value is probably dropping now because he's not playing. He's going to lose his place in the Israeli national team. Sorry to say it, but he's kind of stuck right now. He signed a four-year deal. But is They're he probably going to try wait and, and loan him to Larissa or some shitty team in the Greek league over Christmas? That's one interpretation, but I honestly do think that when they have a preseason, like preseason 2.0 during the World Cup, yeah. he'll, you know, well, hopefully Oleg. a bid comes in for Oleg. They sell him as well. But yeah. you just, I can't believe that the incompetence is that high, or that it's so bad internally that they're going to piss this down the toilet. After right. paying two two and a half million for this player, I just yeah. I, I I refuse I refuse to believe it. If they do, it's on them. It's on yeah. them, and it will end up like all the other players that we've signed, and they've ended up going elsewhere and making a names for themselves. And we, we look at them and think, oh my god, like what we had and what we lost. Um, you know what Olympiakos could really use right now? Fucking Philip Zinkernagel on the left wing. Uh, no, no, thank you. Know. No, thank you. I'd play him in his actual position on the right. Uh, oh, yeah, exactly. Please, no I, more. No, no more, more out of position. No more out of position. Left. I don't know. I, I would still take him over fucking Masuras, to be honest. Yeah, probably. But also, uh, uh, God, yeah, this whole Doran Leidner thing. At least Oleg will be going to the World Cup with Moldova. Um, I'm just joking. <laughs> I, got a, joking. I got a question. I got a question for the, for the panel. Should Mitzel rest players against Nantes? I mean, it's done. The goose is That's cooked. A good question. And Panathinaikos is a game that Olbiakos simply have to win. Wait, yeah, when should. do we play Nantes? On Thursday? Thursday. Thursday, yeah. He should. Oh, the, the game means nothing for us. Like, okay, I the Greek coefficient, like, there's no coefficient argument. There's no argument that would tell me not to do that. Like, the Greek coefficient this season is already screwed. It's done. We have not covered it at all this season because of how dark the outlook has been. 
and Olympiacos being crappy in the group stage just didn't make anything better. So it's we're like it's garbage. behind Belarus this season, I think. We're like next to Belarus or something. This we're like is, 38, think, 37. It's it's really bad. For it's really yeah. bad. Forget and like we're I don't even I don't even want to look at it or talk about it. I just want to focus on the fact that there's two Champions League spots uh at the end of the season and that's all i'm going to look forward to but yeah we should i would rather just like play play the academy kids against none see what happens i don't like the make the game literally means nothing it means absolutely nothing rest yeah. the starters and and that's it prepare yeah. and then prepare for bonathan that's I, what he should yeah. do i i think you have to rest the likes of oleg and Versai and masuras and uh and, and you're yeah. trying to be funny now, they love you. No, I, they're going to be important on the weekends. We're going to need them fresh. You, you have to rest Buhalakis, I think. Um, so he's ready and Kunde. Yeah. And Bowler and De La Fuente. What you, and What do you think, Costa? <laughs> you think De La Fuente could play? No, no, he's not in the list. Bowler could play. Bowler could play on Thursday night. Bowler. De La Fuente has been coming up in U.S. news, by the way. That's being was, shit. Like, well, that, yeah, they were about? they were talking about they were talking about him having a lot some troubles in Greece, not playing, blah blah blah. I, I wonder like, if he's oh. going to go public with it at some point. I don't know. Maybe when Costa. What do you think about the night game? Should he rest the uh, players? Said. I mean, let, let's look at it realistically. He's going to. I think Pascal Lakis should play. You need to just consistently keep him. He's our number one. Pascal Lakis plays. Uh, at right back, we don't really have much choice because Vasalko is Vasalko, and I, uh, just I that that that's a player that I've completely given up on. Me too. Uh, I've given up on him. Oh man! So that means Retos. Could you play Retos at right back? Uh, bear, yeah. Bear in mind, we don't have much choice at the back. Andreas Doe is basically our number one centre-back for me right now. That's something we need to talk about. So, Socrates is coming back from injury. You don't want to... Uh, do you want to risk him? Are we going no. to go to Foros and play with Envila at the back and play Samaseku? You see, like, there, there, there are these variables, like, do, 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 we, do we play Samaseku against against Manfanaikos so that we can bring Envila back to play with uh, to play with Doe? But then do you rest Envila? Against, and Villa is injured as well. He has a small knock, right? Yeah. Um, I think I think Bukalagis and Kunde will probably play in midfields. He's done... I mean, we've done that a lot in Europe this season. I think you need to rest. You need to rest in Bon Juan and have him fresh for the Banathanaikos game. Um, and then, I mean, up front, what are we going to do with Al-Arabi? You play Lucho, baby. Game. You play Lucho. Well, I mean, I mean you could you could play him against Nantes because obviously it's going to. Is be he going to play? Is, is he going to play in in, in Leoforos? That's what I'm saying. Like, he's going to start. He's going to start, start Bakambu next weekend. He's going to start Bakambu in uh, yeah uh, in uh, at Leoforos, so he could start at Nantes. I mean, I guess I have to uh, I have to agree with uh, with concept Calcio. Uh, there needs to be a balance because I do think that another yeah. thrashing at the Karaskaiki could kind of uh, dampen Olympiakos spirits. And plus, like, a win over uh, over a competitive side could 
light a light light a little candle underneath the players' asses. Although they will be missing some important players, but yeah, I think balance is key in this because you also need it for uh, for uh, for for morale reasons. But I gotta say, guys, I'm looking. I mean, recently I wrote a blog post about important players and key men. Uh, to build the team around around this inf- this build the team ar- around that inflated roster, and I have to say I've been looking at some uh, stats from certain players who are slowly becoming talismanic. They've only played a few games, but let's take James Rodriguez for example: two goals, one assist in five league matches so far. Cedric Bakambu, four goals, one assist in six league matches so far. Pepiel. Two goals, one assist in six league matches so far. Alexandros Paschalakis, four matches across all competitions. That's Super League and Europa League. Four matches, three clean sheets. Something is indeed being built at Olympiacos right now. And there are some key players that can really spearhead a sort of late push to the top. But in order for this to happen, Olympiacos have to beat Panathinaikos on Sunday. Like, I cannot see it happening without a win on uh, next Sunday, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, what about Carlo Yeropoulos? He's been in the squad list. Why not play him Thursday? Yeah, sounds good. I I Michel seems sounds- open to playing youngsters. I know it's a bit of a shitty ask for him because he hasn't played any football. Like Doy, you know, it's... It's a bit shit to to play these kids when they haven't even played with uh, the B team because the B team is stuck in the Greek second division, which still hasn't started. It's like the worst league in the world. So I don't know. It's all about balance. Like I said, like I agree with Kaltsuch. It needs to be balanced. Your midfield of of Kunde and Buhalex is experienced enough. Let's say you play, I don't know, even at the 10, you can play Valbuena or something. I don't know. He's out. What do you mean he's out? He's he he was injured. Last oh right, he got injured. Right, right. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. He was growing. Yeah. Had an issue. He's going to be out for probably a couple of weeks. I, personally, I don't want to play BL on Thursday. I don't want to because he's for sure him. a starter for yep. me. Um, I play Wee Joe. I play honestly. I play Bowler. I, I, I that sounds ridiculous, but like give him fucking ninety minutes and be like, this is your last chance. Like show something it's kind of a shitty place to put him as well but just like go ahead and give it a go bud and then you play Versailles you play whatever you play some of these young kids that they have and I think I think at the end of the day he's going to mix things up a little bit but I, I do agree with what Costa said and a few of you in the comments as well you don't want to you you want to win that game you want to win it, it, it helps the confidence of the squad going into the game against Panathinaikos. It, it's not about the, oh, we need it for the coefficient, you know, for Olympiagos' ranking, which actually, this game is important because we've slipped to number 42, I think, in the rankings. Um, but I, I care less about that. I think, you know, a, a good result against Nantes is a respectable way to go out. Of the of the Europa League, and then it builds confidence going into the Panathinaikos game within the squads. I think that's the best that we can hope for. So I don't, I don't expect like a mass rotation um, or this, you know, to see Sapudzis or like Galogeropoulos or some other kids 
um, getting getting starts against Nantes on on Thursday. Also, Agreed. supposedly, uh, Michel was asked like whether he's a people making fun of him, like whether he's a real coach. Conference. Yeah, I heard about like I saw it on Twitter. Supposedly, someone's like, "Oh, people like don't even call you a real coach or some shit." Did someone really ask him that? I just saw yeah, it on no. It's, th th there was a journalist in the press conference today, and he was asking him to comment on uh, comments of his fellow journalists or comments on social media about him not being not being uh, in <laughs> Greek it was and then the way it was translated in Spanish was that he was an administrator and he didn't really understand it um, but I've always said like it's the difference between being a manager and a coach but he's more of a manager for me than a coach like do you know what I mean? That's what kind the, of the way the I... The talent's too good to be there. Almost like it's like... And you look at the teams of Michel, which did it in Europe, and it's like Maniati Sendinga, like, uh, you know, like, they're not like world beaters for per se, like Botia, but that was like the prime, whatever. It's not... But, like, he has a lot more talent these days, and it's not fucking rocket science. It's like you have Bakambu, who smashes in goals. You have Pepiel, who's a quality player. You have James Rodriguez set up four two three one and let it rock, baby. Like that's like I make that sound very easy, but you know what I mean, guys. Like you know, you, it's not a fucking rocket scientist, you know. Lipon, kalos ta pedia. You got a Panathinaikos fan here. What you can't understand is Zupoli. Thay ne tipota brusas fata brusas perimenu. Thay di ti thay pathi. Ti thay pathi mere megale. Ti thay pathi mere megale. Koma punairi Zupoli e. Still hurts. All right, before I before I block you, add, add. the thing the thing about a lot of Panathinaikos and anti-Olympiakos fans is that they don't understand Rizupoli. They don't understand that after Rizupoli, literally no one was saying the things they are saying right now. On the contrary, they were all very angry with the Panathinaikos team and Panathinaikos players for bottling it. Still, people don't understand what happened in Rizupoli. They don't understand the concept. Anywho. They still talk. They're also talking like they won the league already. Relax, guys. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. We're ten games into the season. If Panathinaikos win the league this season, you have no idea how arrogant they're going to be. Like I almost oh, forgot how bad. arrogant they're going to be. They're going to be really. They're going to be really arrogant if they win. Okay. The like let them. I don't know. Like fuck. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> no, but seriously, the whole Rizopoli thing. Like if you look back at some of the games that we've played in Duba or in Leoforos or yep. seriously, like. The the, also, the, the the moral authority they think they have because of what yeah. happens like just just shut up and like let's enjoy the game next weekend and like watch a football match that's clean also and... yeah i want to say something too we haven't seen greek fan shit show in so long if shit starts going south for panathinaikos with all the pressure next week Oh, the game How many get, the times game were the riots or fucking gas and games yep. canceled and bullshit? Like, it would not surprise me to see shit go south next weekend. Like, we haven't seen this big of a game and, like, the pressure is so big. The atmosphere is going to be tense. Like, we've seen a lot of shit over the years. Like, I think we have a recency bias. Like, the riots, the charging the field, the blah, 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 like... We've all seen this story before. Like, 
that that can also happen you know i'm also thinking about it like as someone who's not born yesterday you know it happens we have a big opportunity next week to knock down the house of cards because i'm going to say this Jonathan, I guess for me like as ari said is overperforming that's gonna it will it will end it will end and i re, we all hope that we're the ones that knock them down next week but you know who the threat is for me this season it's not Jonathan Lagos it's Aik Aik is fucking good man they're like, good. good that's a good team like you watched them like tonight has got them playing they football they got like... pace up front they have pace they got clever forwards got good midfielders like some decent like he's built a good team and they have the enthusiasm from the stadium like, no, no one's going to win in Philadelphia this season. Like, I swear to God, like, you watch every game and it's the atmosphere is like with Yonikos, it's like the place burns down. Like, the atmosphere is so crazy. I don't know. I, I agree. And when I watch Ike play in comparison with Panathinaikos, I like fucking Levi Garcia is such a gun, man. Like, he's, he's really, he's really good. I, I don't know. He's putting him up it's, front and he uses the pace. It's a good championship overall. Um, surprisingly, Pauk is is the one team that's really tragic, and it's disappointing that we drop points to them because I really think they're not a very good team this season. But uh, it, it anyway, it, it, it's I I do think this idea of like Panathinaikos running away with the league is a bit is a bit premature, and people can say whatever. But I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of football to be played. There's a lot of derbies to be played. There's a lot of shit that happens. There's a lot of shit that happens, and like. They've not faced any diversity. I'm really interested. I, I I believe more that maybe they can win the league if they get hit with some more diversity. Like, fuck, they drop points away somewhere. They lose somewhere. Do they bounce right back? Or do they kind of, like, drop points again, you know? I, I, I'm interested to see kind of how it goes. I think I think this weekend could be really big um, for the championship, not... No, like, no, it's it will huge. be. No, it will be, it will regardless. Be if all the Biagos don't, don't win, this is it. It's lights out. There's it's no the title. biggest derby in Greek football I can remember, in, or the biggest derby between Olympiakos Panathinaikos I can remember yeah. since, like, yeah. forever. Like, forever. Yeah, because it hasn't mattered. We Like, for the last few seasons, we've been yeah. so far away. Like, we haven't cared. Now the result really matters. Yeah. But huge. the comment that you had just brought up from Concept Calcio about their strength, I mean – that the in in defense that has been their strength like that's one thing where it's it is performing where it it's performing where it should be statistically and their defense is very tough it's very strong so even even maybe if the if the offense and the scoring comes back to earth a little bit their defense has been solid with going forward and that's where the the strength lies uh, but I think we there's there's two players I think we need to talk about real quick before we move to our man of the match and coaches great segment yeah, and sure. close everything up. Uh, we brought him up briefly. Uh, Costa, I, I think it was you that might have, that brought him up when we first started the show uh, and talked about, or maybe it was Lambro. I don't I don't remember. Somebody brought up uh, Ndoy and how he played well and how he was uh, one of the gems. And then someone we very briefly talked about was Samaseku. And Samaseko was, he didn't, maybe in the grand scheme of things, didn't do anything super important, but he does everything that you want to look easy. 
and he makes it look easy. He can distribute the ball pretty well, and it's he, things can move through him. It's 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 very nice to have another six like that um, that can move the ball around very easy. He's very confident on the ball too. He's very physical. The guy runs up and back constantly, and the, he he do, the work that he does is very thankless. Uh, and if you weren't if you weren't somebody that valued that work and paid attention to it, you probably wouldn't think he did much all game. Um, he's not a guy that's going to be involved in a lot of our end product, but he's a guy that's going to do dirty work, get get the ball moving, get it out, create an outlet for somebody deeper in transition or, or as we're beginning to move the ball forward. And I thought he had a great game today, and it was nice to have somebody. The way he played is kind of like how I wished Buhalakis could be. More like more constant, more consistent, stronger on the ball, more more calm at times. Uh, he seems like he's a very mentally strong player as well. And Ndoy, man, I am so proud of this kid. This is like go, being played out of position, and then dealing with on his debut the adversity he dealt with um, that with the unfortunate own goal, and then just coming right back, man, and uh, just just. Each position, he's also he plays like a dog. He goes after everything. He's very physical, very aggressive. I love it, man. The kids, the kids, strong. He just kept pushing forward. I love that kid. Uh, so I was, I was happy with both those players today. At the very least, Samasiko made me feel like we have, so, we have bench options. Somebody on the bench, at least, that I'm comfortable playing as uh, maybe that more bulldog in the midfield or somebody that we can replace Mvila with to rest him or when he's not available. That's how I felt when I saw that today. How did you guys see both these players? Lombo, go ahead. You start. Oh, Doi is fantastic. It's an example of why we want to see it more. And I think I, I did a podcast with Martial. It was just me and him. And not every youth player has to be Doi, and who knows what Doi becomes. Doi could become a player who never turns out for Olympiacos or doesn't have a big career, but it's also just like you never know if you don't play these players. You never know, and it, it's just like it's a breath of fresh air. Not every youth player will turn out like Doi. You'll have players who turn out like, I don't know, Vergos or something like that from the first run of Michel, but... Sometimes you just need to give it a chance because, to be honest, me and Martial talked about it. When you play the Lamias of the world, you can play Kaloyeropoulos along with Socrates and Jan and Via, and they will kind of like make sure it's okay because it's Lamia, it's not Barcelona, it's not Freiburg even, and they turn out. And so what's happened with Doi is actually super exciting. And Martial again and I talked about this. The idea, it seems like Michel understands this, you know. If you play Doi alongside Socrates, Pascal Lakis, and Jan Envia, it's going to be okay. Like, Pedro Martins had this idea, like, you play a youth player and we're going to cop four goals and we're fucked. Or Pedro Martins had the guy, like, let's play all 11 youth players in the cup and just run them out. Like, that is the mistake. The real way of doing this is you have an experienced player next to them against a smaller team and let them... They, they'll make a mistake, but it's not going to cost you the game, right? And they'll build up. And again, these players may not turn into star players, but for fuck's sake, excuse me, Mukafu is not a star player. Tiago Silva is not a star player, et cetera, et cetera. It's fine, you know? And if they're not a star player, great. We found out that, I don't know, some youth player at Olympiacos is not good enough. He can move on and move his career on, right? 
that's what I want to see and what I enjoy with Doi. And again, Doi is fantastic. He has the body. He's strong. His left foot's good. His right foot's clean. You can tell he's a midfielder because he knows how to make the pass. He's strong into tackles. I think Michel's decision to move into center back is the best decision he's ever made because mobility and within his hips, you see they're a bit slower. So turning, I don't know if he would have been the best midfielder, but defending, he's fantastic. He's good in the air. He's strong. He goes up, et cetera, et cetera. Fantastic. Samaseku on the other sand. You can see why this player like was produced from the Red Bull Academy and is considered, or, or he was bought by Red Bull. I don't, I, I forget how it went. Anyway, he's bought by Red Bull. You can see why a team like that would put a 15, is it 15, 13, 12 million euro option on the player. He's clean. His tackles are clean. Work rate's good. Positioning good. Fantastic player. Anyway, that's my long story. I'm, I, I'm really liking both of these players quite a bit, and I hope they get integrated into the team. I didn't see enough from Samaseku today, to be fair, but what little that I did see, he destroyed play really well. Like he intercepted the ball, he went into the challenges, and yeah, he was present in the midfield and he was breaking up the play and distributing it very nicely to get the attacks going. Um, early days to, to really like form an opinion, but those are the kinds of things that you want from a player that you've bought in to basically give Jan and Villa a rest from time to time. I think that he can he can do more. And like Labro said, there's a reason why he's valued so highly. I think he's actually the the player in the Greek league that's you know the most the most valuable player in the Greek league from a uh, yeah, from a valuation perspective, if you look on on transfer mark. So, yeah, I I would like to see him more. I think there's a big question mark over whether you start him next week in Leoforos with um, with uh, within Bomb because I think I think given our situation at centre back, we may have to go there with Envila and Doi at the back. And quickly on Doi, there's been quite a few comments, and and this one for me. From, from River, his passing ability, just his ability to play the ball forward. We haven't had a ball-playing centre-back like that since Ruben Semedo. Um, not, not comparing the two, but Semedo did that really well. He'd bring the ball forward elegantly and play the ball in between the lines. Sometimes he made risky passes, but this is something that, that Ndoy has been doing quite well in all the games he's played. He doesn't just look to play the ball sideways. He looks to play the ball in between the lines and get the ball moving forward, get the team moving forward. So I like that a lot. Um, I like that he's he's not afraid. He's fearless. He'll go into the challenge and, and he will make mistakes and he will get caught out because he's a young player playing first team football for the first time in his career. So, so yeah, let's, I'm excited for him. And and yeah, let's make sure that you know when he does make those mistakes, we don't all we don't all you know jump on top of him. That best one as we as we say in Greek. Costa K, Samasikandoi. I mean, you guys really covered uh, some very important uh, arguments. Uh, Doi, uh, he really wants it. Uh, he's showing a lot of uh, talent. He's showing a lot of dedication. He really wants to make the most out of his opportunity. I love the way that he plays the ball forward as a center back. His marking, 
Uh, I feel like Olympiacos have a very, uh, very, very interesting gem on their hands. As for Samaseku, I liked his uh, what I saw in the in his first start. Uh, I mean, he came highly recommend, and we saw why. He definitely needs to get more opportunities. Definitely needs to see more of Samaseku. Early days to be discussing, you know, the possibility of even buying him for that kind of money at the end of the season. But he definitely, definitely, definitely needs to be shown more. He definitely needs to get more opportunities. And my opinion, Doi and Samaseku need to be involved in Leofotos, both of them. Yeah. Sounds like everybody seems to be of the same opinion regarding both those players. So on that note, boys and girls, we're getting to the end of the show. Some of your favorite segments, man of the match and coaches grade. So who wants to get started? Costa K, since you went last with the Samaseku and Indoy segment, you can go first now. Give us your man of the match and your coach is great. Oh my God, that is uh, that is actually really tough now to to, to pick it to, to pick a, a man of the match in this kind of game. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I liked uh, I, I liked uh, Bakambu and uh, James Rodriguez's performance uh, again. Um, I think I would uh, I would barely give it to James Rodriguez. He got a very he got a good goal, some uh, a strong performance by him. He's showing that you know he's definitely one thing I told you guys the WhatsApp group is like say what you want about Marcelo, but James Rodriguez definitely not a flop. On the contrary, like the guy is picking together some talismanic stats for Olympiacos. He's don't not the 2014 James Rodriguez, but by God he is really really good and a real real difference maker. And if we had him in Europe. I think it would have been completely different, in my opinion. I think Olympiacos at least would still be alive for that Nantes game. So a really good performance by James Rodriguez. As for coaches, great. Well, I'd give it a, a, an A-. minus. Uh, got the win, but should have been more goals in there. Uh, an overall good performance. Uh, and hopefully uh, we're going to see something better uh, in the next bigger games to come. Uh, Lambro. Yeah, I was just reserving something. Um, so uh, I was so wrong about James Rodriguez because I, I thought Marcelo was going to be, um, I didn't think he was going to do it. I saw his body. Um, I went to the celebration, though, with Martial. It was enjoyable. But after seeing Marcelo, I was highly critical of the transfer. Um, I was as well of James Rodriguez. And... Um, I'm going to say I was wrong. And I think one of the bigger things you can do sometimes and what I try to do on this podcast when people call me out and say something, like I'll admit I was wrong about James Rodriguez. But two, I still do have doubts about his body. I don't know what it is with James Rodriguez, the way he moves, the stiffness, the running. I do worry about that. So I'm just going to say that. Like, I don't know if you guys see this as well, but he, he runs very, like tall right like i don't know how to explain anyway this is for another time um but like i was wrong on this he's not he's not been a flop so far he's been one of our best players but i am concerned because physically there's this weird dimension to him maybe he's still getting fit as well um let's see um but he'll be my man of the match tonight yeah i was wrong about hamas thank you for putting that up um and my my coach is great personally i I thought it was a good starting 11 from Michel other than this this clown show we go on with Oleg Rebchuk every every game. I would have started Marcelo t- today to see if he could go next week in Leoforos. I would have started him to see if he could do it, you know. That's one mistake. 
Um, also, personally, I would have brought Fortunis on. I think this Fortunis should should have gotten a chance because he could be a game changer next week in Leo Foros. He's been there. He's done that. Um, but I think B+. Plus. And also, actually, George gives up a, a good point. I, I think it has to go A- minus because his suits are really nice and his dress shirts <laughs> are very good. Like, I really do like his suits. Like, they're fantastic. So, yes, A minus. No, no, B plus. B plus. It cost us C. <laughs> yeah, so I did the play ratings this time uh, for, the, um, for the channel. It was a tough one for me. And I'm going to go and have a look at what the fans have been saying here. So, we've, we've put a poll on the channel, vote your man of the match, Rodriguez, Inbom Huang, and Andreas Doi. And when we started it, Inbom was in the lead. Uh, and now we're at 57% of you who voted James Rodriguez, 34% of you have voted Inbom Huang, and 9% of you, Andreas Doi. Uh, yeah, it, it was a tough one to call because I think I think that Inbom is really kind of an unsung hero in this team. The amount of touches he gets on the ball. And actually today it was less than usual. I think I looked at least on sofa score, Ari, when you when you look at the uh when you look at Y Scout, it'd be interesting to see what 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 they have there. But it was about 60 touches. And normally he's getting close to 80 or a hundred. A hundred, yeah. 150 yeah. without what against Paratonico is crazy. But yeah, yeah, so but he really is the engine of the team moving forward. And I think it's, you know, he's really such a key player in this team. And you saw it in Europe. He started one match. He started one game against Freiburg the other day. And we nearly stole it. We nearly stole a win with him in midfield. He's, he's, he's really critical. And I, I hope that it's a player that we can, we can enjoy for, for more than one season. Because the bound to be clubs looking at him and offers will will come for sure. Um, so I, I don't want to overlook him. I, I think that we're so used to getting what we get from him every game consistently that that there is a already a tendency to overlook and go to a, you know the star players like like James Rodriguez. James Rodriguez gets gets man of the match for me because he opened the scoring. And it was an absurd goal. It was just a ridiculous goal. And and you know we were chatting right after it went in, and you know some of us were saying, "Oh, I didn't mean that." But you saw the replay, and he's actually looked at the goal, and he's he, he's meant to do that. Uh, his reaction, everything afterwards, was 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 really brilliant. Um, on Labro's point, that's something that we, I think, Ari, you and I talked about that last week, maybe. He does look a bit stiff or just, you know, like his pelvis movement sometimes. It doesn't it doesn't stop him from unleashing the quality, though, like the little kind of dinks with the outside of the left foot, like to play like a three meter pass. And he's just like, you know, the things he does with his with, with the ball and with his left foot, it, it's 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 poetry in motion. It's and this is bordering blasphemy, but it's close to like Rivaldo esque. Like we haven't seen those Fiari free kicks, but like just the touches and the way that he caresses the ball with the left foot, it, it's it, 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 it's a privilege that we have a player like that 
on on this team. And and the scary thing is, he's not fit. He, I think he's at like six. Last week I said he's at fifty percent. This week, this week I think he's got to 55, 60. He, he's gonna he's gonna loosen up like that flexibility in his movement and everything. That's that will come. I, I I do believe that if he can stay if he can stay injury free, he will improve uh, over the season. And yeah not underestimating how important he is. Guys, we're playing Panathinaikos four times. We're playing Balk four times. Like, finally this season, the playoffs is going to mean something. And at the end of the season, the, the powers that be at Epo, they'll decide we don't want playoffs anymore. Yeah? I said it, 30th of October, near midnight. Yeah? Because if we win the league this season, you'll see there won't be playoffs next year. Anyway, coach... B plus for me. I think um, yeah, he's starting to get consistency in the lineups. Got the result two nil. Um, doesn't get an A for me because I'd rather see Fortunis coming on instead of Vrusai. I think it's ridiculous that Vrusai is above Fortunis in the pecking order. Um, so that puts him down to a B plus for me. Yeah, but uh, suit, jacket, and shirt. A plus. I didn't like the tie. <laughs> Didn't like the time. I didn't like the time. I liked it. I like A plus. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I did too. A plus for outfit. So, but uh, also, I me, mean, real quick about Hamas uh, Adi. Like you guys, I watched him a bit at Real Madrid. I remember. I watched him a lot at Real Madrid. And yeah, he was more mobile. The hips were looser yeah. back then, right? Like he wasn't always running so up tall, right? Like, am I wrong? I no, yeah. There's like you saw more more agility with. At least yeah. that's what how I remember it because. I remember he was, especially when they they were using. You had coaches that actually used a ten, and he was kind of all over. But yeah, I know what you're. I, I understand what he you're. He seems so about. tall, almost like I don't know if you guys, but like he's almost like standing like this with his yeah. chest. So like it's so weird to me sometimes when I watch him. But that's just random shit yeah. I notice, and no one else cares about anyway. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see as he because he he's looking better and better and like yeah. more involved for longer in the game every week. Uh, but he's gonna be he's gonna be my man of the match um, as well. Uh, I've always said that the man of the match for me is the individual that put us in the most chances uh, to get the win. And Inbom Huang was is is a huge shout because he did a lot of great things. He had two lovely passes also. Um, like defense cutting passes. Uh, and, but he's, we do take, Gosa was 100% right. We do take for granted, like how consistent he is. Cause like, even on the games there, even on the games where like we say, oh, he, he had like an okay game. Like his okay game is still like a level above some players' good games. You know what I mean? We're so fortunate to have a player like him. Uh, I was super excited about really two signings this season. Uh, and one was in Bompong, the other one was James Rodriguez. Maybe James was more because I love what he did at Real Madrid, but love both those guys. I saw shots for Bakambu. The reason I'm not going to touch Bakambu, um, Bakambu got the goal, but he doesn't really do a lot in the game otherwise. He doesn't get a lot of touches on the ball. If he had a dozen passes this game, I'd be surprised. But he moves around a lot, and he's very efficient when he gets opportunities in front of goal. And I respect that, but that's not enough for me to give him uh, a man of the match. So I'm going to stick with James Rodriguez. He did great today. Uh, Costa, the Rivalda thing you brought up. I will say this, James Rodriguez, every cross, every set piece, 
it feels like it's dangerous and it goes somewhere. He puts him, and that's what I remember with Rivaldo as well. Like, it's so nice to have someone like that because uh, I've, I've always valued, like, when Cosas Fortunis used to take uh, set pieces for us, I always valued that. But, man, let me tell you, uh, James Rodriguez takes some great set pieces. So uh, Nine day. It's, it's absurd. Uh, so, anyway, I'll, I'll stop the fanboying. He's my man of the match. Coach is great. Um, like you guys, I'm going to go B plus as well. I had, there were two, two knocks I had for Michel. The first was, um, Costa, exactly what you said about him not bringing Fortuny in. Uh, oh, sorry. Three. I'll add the fact that I, you know, should have played, uh, Doran Ledner or maybe even seen Marcelo, not Oleg. I still don't see the point of starting him against Lamia, but whatever, that's a whole different thing altogether. But third, another problem I had when Valbuena started to show the, the the issues and he was limping and not able to run, take him back out. That's we we didn't have subs. Oh, that's right. We had a first half sub. Oh my god. Yeah. I've been annoyed. But I would still ju- have taken Valbuena out. Like play 10 men with La Mia for five minutes, dude. Like Yeah, that was that he that minutes, looked bad. So. It looked bad. Like you could just tell then the way he was like limping around. That looked horrible. Yeah. But good call. That's right. El Arabi had a run down the center, and Valbuena was running down the right, almost decoy, yeah. uh, as a decoy. Do you guys remember that? I, he and, and and it worked because the left fullback, or yeah, the left fullback for them kind of followed Valbuena, but he Valbuena was <laughs> faking yeah. it until you make it, you know. And El Arabi went down the other side, but it was now he's now he's gonna be gone like a month. So. No, probably he's thirty-eight years old. Like you pull a hamstring, like that's yeah, that's yeah. really hard to to oh, fix. It's tough, man. It is. It's tough. Well, boys, we're gonna begin to wrap up here. Any closing thoughts from everyone before we wrap it up? I think my closing thought is positive thoughts going into the the weekend, and you know. Uh, I know Gate Seven put out a statement saying they want to do an open practice to support the team. I think that's a really good idea, actually. Yeah, me too. Um, let's let's do that. Let's support the team. And if you're in if you're in the area, I would say go support the team at the practice, man. Like this is again, this is we're going into one of the biggest derbies Greek football scene, I think, in years, or Olympiakos Panathinaikos has seen in years. You know, it's a shame that people abroad can't really watch it, but that's an issue for another day. Yeah. yeah, and I did see all the comments about that, guys. I, I was going to address that before we close up. Um, we we it's we haven't stopped working on it. I I'm not going to say I don't want to say anything about it being something that's hopeless. It's difficult. It is a very difficult situation to manage. There's a lot more, um, uh, well, I'll say copyright issues and like zoning issues than I've ever imagined in my life. All things that we're learning about as we peruse this. So we're we're doing our best to try and find a solution or assist and make the individuals that have the decision authority aware of of solutions and aware of things that can be done. So we are doing our best and everything that's within our power to do so to try and make something for that. But it is and it is something that we are looking out for all the time, guys. Um, it, we haven't stopped ever since we brought it up. We are continuing to try and find ways for people outside of Greece. Um, to, so that we can continue to have more people be able to watch because there's people all over the world that want to watch this team now um, because of the players that we brought in because of who Libyakos is and the name that keeps growing every year. 
So we're going to keep working at on that for you. We're going to keep trying our best to make help and provide British solutions for you in that regard. Costa Costa, you guys got anything moving forward? Like Nothing. I said, like I said, uh, Olympiacos have to win on uh, have to beat Panathinaikos. There's no other way around it, my opinion. I don't think Olympiacos can talk about the title, about winning the title if they don't beat Panathinaikos. I mean, minus 13, that's not manageable, in my opinion. Uh, but a minus seven, that could really, really change uh, change things. That could really bring Olympiacos back in the title picture. So, yeah, there's no other way for Olympiacos. Costa C, you got anything, buddy? Um, no, the thing I'll end with is, you know, we need we need four wins until the World Cup comes and it starts, I mean, in the league. November yeah. 18th. Yeah. We're talking about the league. We need we need to win all the games we have left. It's more important for the mentality. I think we need that big win that we haven't had all season against Panathinaikos next next weekend. Um, it will change things for us and it will, you know, it will test them as well. Then we'll really see what they're made of as well. So, yeah, got days ahead to think about that. That's all I got. Would be nice payback as well, like ending their undefeated streak like they did twice, if I remember correctly, with Olympiacos. That'd be a nice payback. Yeah, Everyone's expecting them to win. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's expecting them to win. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's weird. We're the underdog going how, into it. Yeah. How weird is that? Yeah, whatever. Hey, could, could take advantage of that, you know, exactly. a bit of arrogance, you know, get in there. We'll see what the bet US odds. Maybe there's some betting opportunities for us, guys. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys, everybody, for tuning in, especially those of you that made it this far. Don't forget to like and subscribe, hit the bell if you want to be notified anytime that we're going live, anytime we have. Any kind of content that's going live, whether it's Olympiacos DC, who are getting ready for their playoff hunt, or whether it's uh, scouting reports during transfer seasons, you name it, ring the hit the bell if you want to be notified of any of the good stuff that happens here. If they do allow an open practice, and if you are able to make it, send us your footage if you guys go. We'll share videos on our socials. We always do. You guys that are at the stadiums. We get people DMing us pictures and videos. We love to share that kind of stuff. So please, if you guys are ever on the field, if you guys are ever at a practice, something like that, please feel free to share your photos with us. We will credit you with everything. Uh, and we are always more than happy to share all of that. So thank you guys again. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This is Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. And we'll see you next time. Au pouvoir Jésus, la mémoire d'Ago, la soutrage